Welcome everybody to another episode of the Red Zone Podcast, episode number seven. Uh, coming in after the week four uh, regular season games just concluded on Monday night last night, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about some of the stuff that went on with the Sunday games, the Monday game, give our pick for the Thursday game, and we have the quarter season awards show uh, as far as like best teams, worst teams, MVPs and stuff through one quarter of the season. They're officially four games through. Oh, so sad. Wish they'd just make the season longer so it wasn't a quarter of the way done already. Well, they're talking about that. They Keep were hearing. I like uh I like Max Kellerman's idea. I didn't hear his. his. So his is just to add another week and then uh make every Thursday night game the game that you do after your bye week. You know, teams don't right. have to have a short week heading into a Thursday night game. That makes sense. So I was I have heard that they've thought about getting rid of two of the preseason games and only doing two preseason games and then having an 18-week regular season, which I, I like that idea. If you do that, though, they think that they would have to give every team two buys, so it would actually extend the season by three weeks. But I'd be fine with that. I like the NFL season, so. You have to raise the uh, how much you're paying everybody, too, though, because you know, that's just more wear and tear on a player, even if you add another bye week. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I wonder how they would have to do that. They would. Yeah, I don't know because I mean, the salary cap probably are the I mean, are the players required to play in the preseason? Or do they don't they? How does that work? They don't have to, and most most teams sit their starters out at least um, the first two games. Right, but like if a player just doesn't show, are they penalized at all? Like they would be if it was week one. Thomas was. He didn't show up. Hmm. Yeah, they would have to compensate him then for sure. I bet players would probably not like that idea of adding games because they probably would not get paid more. But They would. You would think um, the way their contracts would be set up. I guess it's it's just how much they make a year. But I don't know. With bonuses and stuff like that, you know, obviously they're going to get more yards, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. So that's true. They have a better chance to hit their bonuses and all kinds of shit. I mean, that's a big change if you think about it. And honestly, that would that would I didn't even consider that it would screw up record books. You'd have the regular season when it was 16 games and then the regular season when it was 18 and you know, single season passing yards and single season touchdown records would fall because everyone gets two more games. Hold his anymore. Yeah, that'd be weird. His was like 51 or something like that. Whose was that? He's got the all-time season touchdown record. Peyton? Hmm. Um... Yeah, I don't know how they would handle that. I don't know. Seems like that whatever record was done would just be set in stone, and then they would have to have new records for the new. Yeah, that would get kind of annoying, though, I would think. Super annoying, yeah. 
Uh, but anyways, so the I guess we can move into the last week's games, the Sunday and Monday night games. Yep. So many crazy games. There really were. Just... were. How many games were went into overtime? Was it like three or four? I think it was three, and there was a. Oh, I think it was three: Philadelphia and Tennessee, Houston and Indianapolis. Colts. Yep, and Cleveland and Oakland. Yeah. But there was another game that was close to going into overtime, I believe. Um, was, what was the other one I missed on? Maybe it was just another close game. No, it wasn't the Texans or the Eagles and Titans because that was a touchdown that won them that game. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking through the the scores here, and I don't know which one it would have been. I know there was a lot of close games, though. Maybe that's just what I'm getting it mixed up with. Yeah. Just must have been. The only, I mean, it would be the ones that was came right down to the wire. As far as other close games, for sure. Yeah. There were some close ones. I felt like there was... um... I mean, three is crazy. That's just insane. Yeah. And I I think part of it... Well, I don't know why it's they're going into overtime more. I was going to say the ties, having more ties, is just because they've shortened overtime. But... Getting to overtime, I feel like this is just more games that have gone into overtime, whether they end in a tie or not, than usual. And it, it's yeah, I, I don't know. It could just be that, uh, I mean, uh, the quarterback, the new quarterback rule can't really make that big of an effect where the defense can't do anything. But right, I'm not sure. I guess maybe it's just more offensively driven teams, like. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the uh, Texans Colts? The Colts going for it on fourth and what, like seven or yeah. Uh, so I went back and forth on this. At first, I thought that's so dumb, but then the more I thought about it, I mean, the Colts are not. They're not playing for a playoff spot. They're not. They're. I don't. I don't know if they're rebuilding, but they're not like a contender right now. And so it doesn't really benefit them to get a, a tie as much as it might uh, say like the Dallas Cowboys, who I think might have a chance of making the playoffs a little bit more than a tie benefits them more having the Colts. I think it, they wanted to go for the win. So I don't blame them too much, but the the only thing I have to, to argue about if they had gotten it, they still had to go like what sixty or fifty yards downfield to even get a field goal and win the game. Yeah, probably like th- at least thirty yards or forty yards, I'd say. And Terry's a good kicker, but you're still putting it all on, and then it's still a tie, right? And so, I mean, yeah, I, I guess go for it, but but at the same time, like you were saying, <clears throat> like. They aren't going for a playoff. I mean, every team should be going for a playoff every yeah, year they just should to have be. that. And and it was a divisional game against the Texans. If they had won this or tied this game, then it doesn't really change their rank. It keeps them both in third place rather than one of them in third place and the other one in last. True. 
I don't. And then, I mean, who knows? They could get a wild card. I mean, yeah, they. I don't think either one of them really have a chance against the Titans or Jaguars. Yeah, it's true. I, so I don't who know knows what would happen. I, I mean, think it's whatever. I think Andrew Luck should have made a better pass. That was a bad pass. Yeah, that was a terrible yeah. pass. Yeah, and was he so bad. And he had been doing good the whole game, and so it was like, oh man, what a time to decide to throw it in the dirt. The team that tries to go for it for the win, why not just try and do it like the Broncos tried to go for it and do some sort of crazy, you know, freaking, um, is and just keep going up the field or just if you're really trying to get that fourth down you could they could have got a pass in the middle easy yeah you'd brushed up i mean it should have been one play somewhere in the middle if you've there was like 27 seconds on the clock so if you can throw it let's say they needed 30 yards if you can get it exactly 30 yards everybody runs up spike the ball that's going for it yeah not this stupid pass to the outside that you're hoping you'll make and you do a terrible pass right i guess the result's the same though if he throws it 30 yards and he drops it It or he throws it five yards in the dirt just yeah i would say if you want to do that you need to be more aggressive if you're going for wins go for a win right it's like i don't know if you watched it did you watch any college football over the weekend it was you probably heard about it on espn radio the Penn State and Ohio State game yeah yes you did or no no oh so at the end of that game the uh Penn State had a chance I think they were ahead already and they it was right at the end of the game and it was a fourth and five and they decided to go for it on fourth and five so they called a timeout, set up a play, line up, and then Ohio State calls a timeout immediately back because they lined up a certain way. So then there's another timeout. Then they go through their timeout, they line up again, and then Penn State calls another timeout, like back and forth, <laughs> trying to like mismatch each other. And keep in mind, this whole game, Penn State's quarterback was playing like amazing out of his mind doing um, like super good and it's fourth and five and they take the ball out of his hands after three timeouts and run it up the middle and Ohio State's just stuffs them and you're like why would you I mean maybe fourth and one do that but it's fourth and five and you run it right up the middle when your quarterback's been playing great all game you don't even give him the ball and then he was trying to defend it afterwards and they ended up losing the game and you're like man that was a bad bad call i think but similar idea where you're like go for it if you're gonna go for it definitely i mean you you gotta get sneaky with stuff you don't try and think oh i'm gonna call this play that you know might work and they weren't expecting call a play that nobody fucking expects yeah where's the one play in your playbook that you're like this is the one I've been saving. You're totally right. right here. Every team should have a play to get them five yards. As crazy as it may be, like a double reverse pass to the quarterback, something crazy to get yeah. five yards. You do it once when you absolutely need it. Everybody there. I think I've seen two or three other teams in the NFL do the Philly special play now. Yeah. It worked every time. Right. That actually, that play I saw a thing on uh, college game day 
probably two or three weeks ago now, they did a whole little special on the Philly special, which is what everyone calls it now. But I think that play originated at Clemson in college, like like five or ten years ago they ran it and then it slowly like caught traction and then another they ran it again and then another college did and then a team did it in the regular season and then it was like a build-up all the way until philadelphia did it in the super bowl and the the it was a high school guy actually a high school guy coach invented it and then he saw clemson do it in college and use his play and That's so he awesome. was he was stoked and then it the whole thing was about him like oh my god the play that I drew up just got ran in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I uh this this um I'm pretty sure it was this week end or last weekend the Bears did a play that uh I don't know if Andy Reid came up with it but it's basically just a a jet screen coming around from a, a wide receiver, running back, whatever. And that's one of the uh, handoffs he can do. And then the tight end comes on the inside, and that's the other pass that the quarterback can make. And it's just right up the middle, like a shovel pass to the tight end. Yeah. And the tight end goes up the middle like a running back would do. And it's just like the coolest looking play, even though it sounds so simple. It just looks crazy good when it's like executed. And uh, I... Uh, Kansas City did it the first time I seen it, and it was awesome. And then the Bears just did it in either this last game or the game before, and it was it was just as cool. It's so those plays are the plays that win you games. Oh yeah, there was a there was a cool play that I saw um, in college. It was probably last year. Uh, I think they had a halfback and a fullback in the backfield, and the the quarterback hikes it, turns around fakes the handoff to the halfback and then hands it off to the fullback behind him. And the halfback Mm -hmm. runs straight up the middle, but he doesn't have the ball, right? They faked it to him. He goes right up the middle through the line, right behind him, like five to 10 yards is the fullback with the ball now. And he runs straight up the middle, acts like he's going to just do a, you know, a draw straight up the center. As soon as he gets up to the line of scrimmage, he jumps and does like a jump pass to the halfback who's now just over the line of scrimmage and he's gone. Like it totally looked like a fake handoff, little run up the middle. Then it's like a jump pass to the halfback and you're like, oh my God, nobody's on him because the whole defense collapsed thinking it's definitely a run. He's obviously running. He has the ball. It was cool. That's awesome. I want to see somebody do a flea flicker in the NFL. There you go. Why don't they do that those? in a while? Yeah. I don't know. It used to. It used to be kind of a big thing. Yeah. Or like now they're doing it more so is with the college players that are coming in, but just the option play where like the quarterback and the halfback both run to one side and the quarterback can keep it or toss it. NFL just started doing that, but the college has done it forever. I mean, uh, Chip Kelly was supposed to be bringing that to the, the NFL and he just kind of his offense never seemed like it worked right yeah it's all these other guys are making it work Mike Shanahan and yep yeah or Kyle Shanahan but uh but yeah um so other other games on the weekend anything else surprise you were you I mean I I can say the 
first thing that surprised me was turning on the TV and seeing Chicago just blowing out Tampa Bay. Not even yeah. close. Uh, I I did pick the Bears to win this game, but by no means did I think that Trubisky would have six passing touchdowns and like 400-something yards. Like, yeah, that was crazy. It would be, if anything, I could have seen it going in the reverse. But I, I really thought the defense would, and I was right about that, but I did not think the offense would explode like it did. Right. Um, it was probably the crazier, like, uh, I don't know what other game you can compare it to. Yeah, um, any other crazy games? I mean, New England blew out Miami, where Miami was 3-0. and Are we surprised? I don't know. I, really. I mean, I don't think anybody was, yeah. Um, any other games? Uh, yeah, I'm looking through here. I guess I'm surprised that San Francisco played pretty close with the Chargers without their quarterback. Yeah, and did you watch that game at all? I saw parts of it on Red Zone, but not the whole thing. As at how well C.J. Beathard actually did. Like They have a pretty decent team, and I guess we I kind of wrote yeah, them off when Jimmy G got hurt, but maybe there's pieces think- there. I think everybody did. I think even with Jimmy G there, I would have taken the Chargers, but I probably would have been like, yeah, it could be kind of close. But with CJ Beathard, I don't, did this offense even really change? Yeah, I think they, they scored more points than they have. Yeah, I think they played better. Maybe it was a fluke. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean, maybe the, the Chargers wrote him off too. And yeah. They just didn't show up until the second half. Could have been. Um, just did throw a pick six like his first pass or something. Yeah, I had him in one of my fantasy leagues, and that didn't help. <laughs> um, I guess the only other game that wasn't a surprise but was at least extremely entertaining was last night's Monday night game, Kansas City and Denver. That was a great game the whole way. It was. I think it was kind of surprising at how well the Broncos, you know, held the chiefs off yeah they did that that's true it wasn't the broncos defense that lost them the game it was definitely the broncos offense just not playing poorly which they've done all year i mean not the running game running game was solid they might as well have just handed it off every time yeah they had freeman and uh what's the other guy's name yeah Lindsay. and uh they played great they both did really good and Freeman, I mean, this is the first game that I watched that I was like, yep, that's Freeman. That's yeah. how he runs. That's that's what he looked like at Oregon. Yeah, he was running he was running hard. But that was a good game. Um Denver had chances to win that game. And uh I think they're I mean Case Keenum was the weak link in my opinion. Looked like the weak link for sure. I mean, they should have won that game. Demarius Thomas wide open. Oh, yeah. And he overthrows him. Wide open with under a minute left. That seals the game. Crazy comeback. Overshoots him, and that's it. Which his O-line is not helping him. But, I mean, he he was able to get outside quite a bit. Uh, Kings, I don't feel like – I mean, their O-line was – pretty good but i don't feel like it was just keeping him safe the whole time he had to get out quite a few times and 
you know, just start running and passing and slinging it left and right. And he's not doing that this year. No, he's not. Or maybe he's feeling the pressure. Maybe people know what he does now. Maybe last year was a fluke. I don't know. Yeah, maybe the offensive coordinator just knew exactly how to use him and the Broncos don't. Maybe he's just in that first year of his offense and he's better. So could be. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, we probably won't know exactly what Case Keenum is until next year. Yeah, they played pretty he well though. They right they held Casey. Uh, Kansas City's defense is not good, so maybe that helped Denver score some points. But man, Patrick Mahomes is—he's the real deal. Definitely, he's he's for real. I mean, for a minute there, I was like, oh. Looks like the Broncos have his number. Yeah. And the first half, he definitely didn't look like, you know, Patrick Mahomes. He wasn't doing terrible things, but he wasn't, they weren't exploding right off the bat, which is what the Chiefs try to do is get points on the board right away. Yep. First time this year, they didn't have a touchdown in the first quarter. Yeah. They still found a way to win, and he, he played great when he needed to. That guy's, he's good. Definitely good. That that might be the other game that came close to overtime was that game because if the if they had even gotten close enough for a field goal, wasn't that a three point game? It was a four point game. So okay. they needed so a touchdown why. at the end. But yeah, yeah I thought that was a good game. It was probably one of the more entertaining games I saw over the whole week. The Steelers Ravens game, this is pretty much how I expected that game to happen. And it was pretty boring just based just because the, the Ravens, they had that game the whole time. One point in the game where I was like, oh, oh, the Steelers are coming back. They're coming back. And Every time the Ravens would just stop them on defense and then they'd down to either score a touchdown or put three points on the board. And then they'd go back and stop them on defense. Yeah, it never, it never felt close, you know. I mean, they completely stopped James Conner. He was nothing this week. That helps Le'Veon's case. I don't think it matters, but... Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see what happens after his latest comments about how he is going to come back after, you know, week seven or in week seven after their bye week. Right. <clears throat> makes the team feel good or makes them pissed off? Like he's saying, oh, I know they need me. I'll come in sooner than I was going to. I'll come in week seven. It's like, if you are feeling bad, come in now. Now is when we need you. Right. I don't think he's that worried about it. Uh, but but he does say he wants to uh, still be a Steeler and possibly work out something in the future with them. thought he would be completely done with them. Right. I, I don't know. I think that... Uh, Maybe that's him just saving saving face, not saving face, but making himself look like he's not the bad guy. If it, if a trade happens, he can say, hey, I, I said that I would like to be a Steeler, but I'm not. You know what I mean? Well, or, and the or, thing is, he's got all the uh, leverage in that trade. If he doesn't like the trade, he can just say, well, if you try and uh, pick me up, I'm still not showing up till." Yeah. Last week I have to. That's true. That would be want pretty... to go do that. And then no one's going to want I mean someone would sign him but that would really make him look bad. 
if he did it to two teams. And he's just like, I just yeah. don't want to play for you. I don't want to play for you. I want more money. He would start looking like the bad guy rather than the it being him and Pittsburgh both kind of equally look bad in this situation. It would all shift he, to him. I think that he could spin it still because if you think about it, whatever team's picking him up, he's going to want some sort of guarantee that they're going to sign him for a long time contract, you know? Right. Like three, four year contract. And if they don't somehow like come to an agreement about that, then why wouldn't he just wait until the very end? Because he's still to your contract, not wanting to put his body through any stress. Yeah, that's true. So, so you got to think like, that's what the chiefs were going to do with Earl Thomas for this year because they're obviously making a big run for the, the playoffs and now they look like Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. If they can get a uh all-star talent on their team for 8 million this year, they were they were moving space just to do it, but then they would have gotten rid of him the next year. Yeah, just just get him now because we can. And all of our all of our eggs in the this year Super Bowl basket kind of drives me crazy about all this Earl Thomas. Oh, the Seahawks kind of screwed him a little bit. Whatever team was picking him up was probably going to do the exact same thing. Maybe, but the difference is I mean there's there's a he, chance he made it very clear that he did not want to play for the Seahawks and they're just like, "Huh, eh, tough luck. We'll try and shop you around." And then they held out from trading him to the point that he gets injured and it's I don't know. It it doesn't make them look good, but his his actions after he got hurt don't make him look any better. I think that, yeah, I think there's two sides to it. So you think about the Seahawks. They have an all-pro they have signed for this year. He got injured the year before. That if they sign him to a bigger contract with guarantees, they're going to have to pay him when he gets injured. Well, guess what? He got injured. So they saved themselves from signing him. Right. And also, um, about it, what do they lose if they don't trade him? If they, Let's say he didn't get injured. Then they have an all-pro through this entire year who's going to play in every game, just might not show up to practice. So they still have value with him there. Right. So all they lost was, oh, he did get injured. But it was probably worth it to them. I mean – yeah, they lost out on a second round pick because they were trying to get more. But I mean that it's worth a risk if you're still keeping the best safety in the league yeah. on your team playing for you every game. So it's similar to the Le'Veon Bell thing, except Le'Veon Bell is saying, I'm not playing. And so if Le'Veon Bell was playing and the Steelers are doing the same thing, like, nope, we're not gonna give you a deal, we're not gonna trade you. We have one of the best running backs in the league, and uh you know, tough shit. We have you for this year deal with yep. it that would make them look pretty bad the difference is he's like nope not playing but with earl thomas they're the seahawks are saying no we're not going to trade you we're not going to pay you if you get hurt we didn't waste our money and if you don't get hurt then great we have you on our team still but and he's he's actually coming to play and so it kind of makes them yeah. look like well you're extremely selfish you know but they were trying to trade him too. I mean, there was a Chiefs deal in the works, and they could have traded him to the Cowboys before, but they thought he was worth more. So why give up any 
picks that you think you're deserved for the player that you have. Right. And but now they get nothing. They have a hurt player who's going to leave and they get no picks. Which which anybody can look back in the years and say, "Well, you should have done it this way." Right. You know. The 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 way that the Seattle defense fell apart. I mean, Cam Chancellor's had issues with them. Earl Thomas clearly does. Richard Sherman hates them now. They traded him to er did they trade him or did he just Sign signed? Him. Yeah. They, yeah, he just signed with them. And his deal, he screwed himself out of so much money. Did you see that article about Richard Sherman's contract? I did see that. He's losing a ton of money just by not playing right now. Yeah. He has so many all his whole contracts wrapped up in bonuses that he and uh, you know, actual games that he has to play. So crazy. It's 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 crazy the the fall of the Legion of Boom is it's gone. I mean, it's that Seattle defense is no more. Wagner's still there. That's right. about it. Yeah, but it JJ Wright was also a part of it, but he wasn't one of the top three guys. You know, the main guys. I mean, it's it's gone. It's over. And it was it didn't end on good terms for most of it. And it wasn't just, you know, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, and uh, uh, Cam Chancellor. I mean, Cam Chancellor might actually come back. He's been uh, Instagram with these cryptic things. And then somebody asked him directly, do you think you're going to come back in the NFL? And he said, let me just put it this way. I, I believe in miracles. So he thinks that he, if he has a chance, he was going to come back. I think he's still under contract with us. He got paid this year because he had guaranteed money from his last contract. So, and, I, and we'd have to look up look how that works. I think he's making like something like eight million dollars this year, or something, or six. It's something high, like twelve million maybe. He's he he got a guaranteed contract, and then he got injured. So that's probably another reason the Seahawks didn't want to give Earl a contract right now because they they're already screwed this year with Cam chancellor sitting on the bench injured right so uh, is, is he still on the team and just not playing team. because he's hurt or has he said he's done playing he hasn't he he's on like um it's not he's not retired he's if people basically say retired with quotation marks because he's got an injury right now that it's like uh gosh what is it Something so like spinosis or some shit, some back injury that's keeping him from playing right now. Okay. But contract that keeps him through this year, even if he had the injury. So the, do you remember, it's been years ago now, Carson Palmer used to play for the Bengals and he wanted traded. He wanted out of Cincinnati and they, they wouldn't trade him. He was under contract and, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't going his way, but he wanted out. Well, he just retired for like almost a year or something like that. And then because he was retired, contract goes away. He didn't play for a season, and then comes back and is like, "Oh, I'm I'm ready to play again." And then went to the Cardinals. So that's how he got out of his deal. So uh, I wonder. Yeah, he must have had a very specific like, or a, a non-specific deal or something like that because. 
can yeah because that's what happened to lynch remember lynch retired came back and then the seahawks basically just gave the raiders lynch i think i we might have gotten like one small pick yeah i think you had the right held on to lynch yeah so i don't know how all that works but yeah anyways uh for our quarter season awards we have some pretty good uh categories here we're four weeks through the season 16 weeks total so we're a quarter of the way through my plan was to do these quarterly awards and compare them and see how things change from week four to eight 12 to 16 um so ryan knows the categories but he does not know the nominees so he's gonna have to pick from my my nominees but they'll they'll probably be pretty similar for everybody are you, are you ready i'm ready all right so this is the quarter season nfl awards of the 2018 season the best team in the league the nominees are the kansas city chiefs the los angeles rams and the Baltimore Ravens. I don't even know. I mean, the Ravens are doing good, but I'm not sure they even deserve a spot up there with the Rams and Chiefs. I needed. The, uh, I needed a third nominee. <laughs> and it's definitely not the Steelers, Packers, or Vikings. Exactly. Anymore, or the Saints. Exactly. I mean, the Saints are doing good, but not. They're not even up there with these guys. It's the Chiefs um, or Rams, really. Yeah, and. Uh, I mean, it's got to be the Rams for me. I agree. I think <laughs> their team is just it uh, it's just ridiculous. I don't think that I I think the Broncos play maybe not this this week it's we we play them. The Seahawks play the Rams, but I think the week after maybe the Broncos play the Rams and I I think they're going to blow them away. I don't think that the the Broncos will ever stop that offense and yeah. they're definitely going to do to if if the Broncos play that bad on offense against the Rams they're not going to score a point yeah exactly and I think that's where it comes down to it the Chiefs have a great offense but the Chiefs have the they had the worst ranked defense in the league going into yesterday's game so the Rams have a great defense so with that I have to give it to the Rams I actually have the numbers right here do you want to hear how many points both of them have uh, scored and allowed? Yeah, scored and allowed. What do we got? The Chiefs have scored 145 points. Wow. Yeah, the Rams have scored 140. Oh, wow. It's okay. Pretty damn close, but Chiefs and do this, have more. Yeah, like th- this is obviously Yeah, this is obviously where it gets you can see the difference in the teams. The Chiefs have allowed 115 points. Ooh. And the Rams have allowed 67. See, there's the difference. That's the <laughs> defense. You can look at these stats and just be like, yep, that's the better team yeah, right there. For you sure. To watch them. Yep. So quarter quarter of the way through the season, we have Rams as the best team. Now our, our next award for the worst team in the league. Nominees are the Buffalo Bills, the Houston Texans, the Oakland Raiders, or the Arizona Cardinals. 
Mm. You know, I think the Cardinals have the worst record out of all of these guys. They do. They have not won a game. But I... Bills. Who's that? Bills. Oh, the Bills. Yep. I, I, I think this could go any way, really. So if we look at your metric of the points for and points allowed... The Buffalo Bills are negative 56 on points. Okay. They've they've mm-hmm. allowed 56 more points than they've scored. The Cardinals have allowed negative 57. One point difference. <laughs> yeah, and and uh the only thing I would say about these two teams, I mean, so it's a little bit similar. Like, I mean, that's obviously a similar stat you just said. If you think about it, they've each had uh, three really bad games and one good one. The Cardinals still lost their good one, which sucks. And the Bills were playing a better team, I think, too. The Vikings is the one that they won. But it was just such a... It was a fluke. Never going to happen again game. Yeah, exactly. I think the Buffalo Bills are... They have trouble, but... Yeah. The reason I I won't pick the Cardinals is because now Josh Rosen gets to take over and see if he improves it, right? I mean, yeah, and he he, he I think he did improve it against the Seahawks. He played really good. Yeah. So the Owen four, maybe they start winning some games. The Buffalo Bills have had Josh Allen in there, and for three of their four. He won one of his three, but like you said, I think that was a fluke game. If you think about the weapons that each team has, I mean, the Cardinals have David Johnson. Right. Back. They just started using him. He might have just gotten over 18 carries this last game. And Larry Fitzgerald finally caught some passes. And really, all the Bills have are Kelvin Benjamin, who's not a Larry Fitzgerald. And LaShawn McCoy, who's not a David Johnson. I mean, back in his day, he definitely was, but I think he's he's just not that guy anymore. Yep, I, I totally agree. I think the he's Buffalo Bills the 49ers this this week too. Even though the Bills have a win, I think they're the worst team in the league right now. So we will yeah, I mean until that game, I was gonna pick them in my eliminator pick until the end of the year. Whoever they played, that's who I was picking. And then I lost because the the Vikings lost to them Yep, for no reason at all. All right, on to the next category. This one's a fun one. We have the best team with the worst record. Okay, so what team? I want to guess one of these because I have one in mind that should be on there. I think it's the biggest one. Okay. The Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are one of my nominees. The Atlanta Falcons are one in three right now. How in the hell? Bottom of the division with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers above them, and they've been scoring like crazy. I think that they've got to be. They're losing close games. Yeah, they got to be like top five in points scored. Yeah, there was some stat that was like, oh, man, I'm going to get the numbers wrong. But it was like uh, the record of teams that lost the game when going into the fourth quarter up by 10 and at home. 
Okay, so they go to the fourth quarter, up by 10 points, and they're at home. The record of the team, of teams that have done that, was like like 45-4 and four or, or something like that. And of I think those, the, the first number was even higher than that. It, it might have been in like the 400s or oh, something might Oh, it might have like been. And of those four... Same stat. Yeah, of those four games, the Falcons are two of those. In the last two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> That's so it's bad. Just, They're losing close games. Bad. They're blowing it. Okay, the other nominees. Yeah. Before we before we say that it's them, which maybe it's not. Uh the other nominees are the Steelers at one, two, and one, and the Vikings at one, two, and one. Yeah, I mean it's tough for sure. Looking at all those teams. If you're looking at it divisionally. Um, the Steelers are sitting at the bottom of their division. Yeah, and so are the Falcons. And they've and played worse than the Browns, actually. They've allowed more points yeah. than the Browns have and scored the same amount. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, last week uh, really screwed them because they were they were scoring a lot of points. I mean, if they had been playing a different team with a not as good defense, then they might be up there – with the uh, the Rams and Chiefs in points scored, yeah. I mean, they only scored fourteen points or something like that. What was it? So, who who would you give it to? Best team with the worst <sighs> I mean, record. All really good nominees, that's for sure. My pick is the Minnesota Vikings at one, two, and one. I think they're going. They I think they're going to get better with Kirk Cousins. They've had a I mean, tough stretch here. Out of the three teams, they have the better defense. One of the best in the NFL, and it's not doing what it should. Right. And they've of their games, I mean, they had to play. They've played San Francisco with Jimmy G. They played Green Bay, Buffalo, and the Rams. So they played. they had to play some Green Bay and the Rams in there. The Falcons haven't had to do that. Yeah. Yeah, but they have played some good. I mean, it is, it's the Falcons just kind of remind me of Kansas City, where it's just a really good offense. Yeah. Nothing to show for on defense. And the Bengals kind of remind me. The Bengals and Falcons are. So I'm going with I'm going with the Vikings. Were you going with the Falcons as the best team with the worst record currently? Yeah, I think I am because I mean, like you said, they've lost these games themselves. Yeah. But does that mean they're the best team with the worst record or are they not that good cuz they're blowing it on their own? I don't, I don't know. know. I It's a tough I'm one. I'm not sure. I think all really I think tough. both of those teams will end up with winning records. Um, but if, if they don't, then they don't belong in this best team, worst record category. <laughs> Cause they, they sure. weren't a good team. Yeah. Okay. Going, moving on from the best team with the worst record to the worst team with the best record. Yeah, I should be able to guess this one too. I think. Okay. Have I'm at it. Have at it. The, the worst team with the best record, I would think, has to be the Dolphins. 
I have the Miami Dolphins as one of my nominees. Dolphins are sitting at three and one somehow. I'm also going to put in there the Tennessee Titans at three and one. Are they that good? I don't know. And the Chicago Bears, three and one. Are they really three and one? So the Chicago Bears are three and one and leading the division over the Packers and the Vikings. And, uh, and the Packers and Vikings had a tie game with each other. That's true. Should have not been a tie game, really. No, the Packers so, should have so won. One of, one of these teams should be up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Packers should have won. And then they would be right up there with the Bears and won a divisional game. So they would be above the Bears currently. True. So, but I don't want to put the Bears the worst team with the best record. I think that they, out of these three, I think that the Titans and Bears are kind of in the same spot where I think that they they could be first or second. But I I could see, like, the Jaguars and the Packers probably, is, I mean, that's who I would put above them if you were like, who do you think's better, blah, 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 at the beginning of this year. Right. I would definitely be like, yeah, the Jaguars and the Packers. But, I mean, their gameplay hasn't exactly shown us that. Right. I mean, the Titans beat the Jaguars. Yep. Defensively. And they just beat the defending Super Bowl champions. And and Marcus Mariota started off this season injured. And then he played his, I think this was his first full game, wasn't it? Um. Yeah, I guess, because he had, he had played l- the previous week, but he played the majority of the game, but it was only after... But Gabbert got hurt. So this was his first full game, and I believe. He, and he got injured in week one, didn't he? Or was it week two? I think it was week one. I think you're right. It was week Gabbert one. Gabbert got them a win. He got them a win in week two. And then week three he started, but then Mariota had to take over when he got injured. Yep, that's it. So, yeah, so this was his first full game. And he blew up, man. He threw for like 400 yards or something. Yeah, beat the Eagles. Yeah, beat the Eagles, and it was it was him beating them. Yeah, you know, it was their comeback. But he's saying, you know, oh, the Eagles' defense lost this for him. Well, maybe Mariota is something, right? You know, I'm not going to say it exactly. I hope that he is, but he hasn't shown us in the these previous years. But it's mostly injury related, so who knows? I mean, I think that he is. So I think we both agree. The Dolphins are the worst team with the best record, sitting at three and one, and you're like, "How the hell did you do that?" Yeah, you don't, <laughs> yeah, you don't get to go three and zero, oh, and then go into a game against the Patriots and only score one touchdown that they let you score. Right, they're three and one right now, yet they've allowed eight more points than they've scored. <laughs> that's and that's because that game against the uh, Patriots, thirty-eight <laughs> right. points. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Yep. All right. We agree on that one. Let's highlight that. Okay. Who is your quarter of the season MVP? Oh, is this a MVP as far as players or? Yep, single player. I guess that's what it is. MVP, most valuable player. Yep, single that's player. A stupid question. Um, <laughs> You're so dumb. Gosh. <laughs> You are so stupid. So, <laughs> I, 
it's always a quarterback that wins this award, which kind of pisses That's me off. True. But so it makes sense because they would be the most valuable player as far as a season goes. But in a game like the Super Bowl, I don't think that the quarterback should automatically get those awards. Yeah. Like, I think that there's clearly sometimes a better player out there. Like, I think a couple years ago when Tom Brady won the uh, Super Bowl, it was clearly James White, in my mind. He had something like three or four touchdowns, and it was like one of them was a receiving one. Two of them were like passes behind the line of scrimmage, and he just ran it all the way there. And uh, I, I know Tom Brady ended up giving him the MVP truck. It was like a Silverado or something like but that. But they just gave, gave it, it to Brady, to though. You know what I mean? And that award, which it right. should have been James White. Right. So I will say my my two nominees are both quarterbacks, but I have a third nominee. One of them. I have I have Jared Goff, and I have Patrick Mahomes, and I also left it open to other. If you have another another player you think should deserve some credit here. Um, gosh, I was. I mean, hmm. my pick. It's tough. Is Patrick Mahomes. I think Jared Goff is like if I was building a team. See, that's tough. Because I think Jared Goff, I don't want to say he's a product of the team he's on, but he has some he's on a pretty damn good team all around. I feel like Mahomes it's... makes that offense better rather than just being another piece of the offense. I mean yeah, the only way you can actually tell a difference would be if you were to replace somebody with one of, like one of them gets injured, then you get to see what the offense looks like right. you know, without them. Yep. And I mean, you, you this offense was the offense that Alex Smith ran, and they true. Alex Smith had his best year last year. That's true. Definitely brings something else to the table. So it's something you can see. I mean, you can say oh yeah well Alex Smith also did good well Mahomes is doing better yeah I mean he just broke the three starting game touchdown record like crushed it yeah I saw a a funny uh thing on sports center that says Patrick Mahomes has completed more passes with his left arm than he's thrown interceptions <laughs> uh, that's awesome uh that's really good one pass with his left arm, mm, zero picks. Great. So um, I I told you this in, I think, for, it must have been week three because it was when he broke the record. I saw all kinds of things coming up like that. And one of them was that he had more passing touchdowns this year than Trubisky had all of last year. <laughs> That's crazy. Another one was it was mixing and matching quarterbacks uh, from this year, how many touchdowns they have, and saying he still has more than them. Like he said, it was something like you could have Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Carson Wentz and combine all their touchdowns, and they still don't have as many touchdowns as Patrick Mahomes. Right yeah, now. there was another one I saw that I think it was after week three um, before the Monday night game. 
he had more passing touchdowns than the NFC East. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. Which (laughs) that's crazy stats. That's just insane. So yeah, I think Mahomes has to win it just based off all this, all we're saying right now. I'm Goff had a crazy game last week before last week where we really, I mean, this was good. Goff definitely showed out on this last game, but Mahomes has been showing out the whole time. Right. I'm really interested to see how these awards change halfway through the season. If my gut tells me that halfway through the season, I'm going to say Jared Goff's the MVP. But if Patrick Mahomes still has our vote halfway through the season, that will be something, you know what I mean? Like he's, if he can hold it up for another four weeks, to where everyone's still like, yeah, he is the guy. Because I just keep waiting for him to fall off, but he just never does. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. I definitely was hoping the Broncos might be able to slow him down a little bit, maybe bring him back down to earth and just be like, okay, so if somebody can do something against him. Well, they did for about a quarter, and then he figured yeah, him out. Well, I, I th- yes, I think it was more than a quarter. Maybe I think that they were actually – I think that – Going into the third quarter, the Broncos might have been winning fourteen to or something, fourteen to twenty, and yeah. then they just didn't get anything going after that. I feel like it was two field goals at the end. What twenty three points? Yeah, there was twenty three to twenty three twenty seven was the final. No, the second half it was twenty to ten or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely him. And, um, the only honorable mentions I'd have to say is if Trubisky can keep doing what he did last week, then he's going to be up there with Mahomes and Goff. You're going to have to talk about oh, it. Oh yeah. If he keeps and, it up, he'll be in our, he'll be a nominee. Then, um, I think, uh, big Ben has been doing really good, even though he definitely, got pretty shut out for the against the Ravens. Right. And they were one of our best teams with the worst records, so if they can turn that around. And um and then I also think Andy Dalton and uh Matt Ryan could be up there. Yep. Cuz they're they're and that's for sure. So we'll 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 give it to Mahomes quarter of the way through the season and then check back in in 4 weeks and see. Um, all right. The last category we have for today is most improved team, not most improved player, but most improved team. The nominees are the Chicago bears, the Miami dolphins and the Tennessee Titans. (laughs) But you totally missed one. Did I? Let me see. Who did I miss? One out there. The Cincinnati Bengals. Nope. What? Uh, da, 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 da. Talking about the dog pound, baby. Oh, the Browns. Yeah, but the Browns are 1-2-1, one, and one, so are they that improved? <laughs> I mean, they've they got look, one more win than they did last year. They, <laughs> that's, that's, they've improved the most. <laughs> <laughs> they, got a, uh, they got a win out of their last 635 days. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's true. I so I, you say that, and I do remember thinking of putting them on there because in my mind they are much better than they've been, but their record just is not there yet. They're still one, two, and one, and I they know they were robbed. They got robbed by the the Raiders, but yep. the refs. But I don't know. Yeah, and uh, and tie game with the Steelers where they miss a field goal. Yeah, could be a three and one team. Yeah, that's true. And they're playing like a three and one team. Would you say they are more improved than the Chicago Bears? Yes. The Bears always had this good defense, and they got a bunch of weapons, and now they're. Offense is good. The Browns, it's the same way. You wouldn't even have the Bears in this uh, um, area, I don't think, if they didn't get that one last week. Yeah, I agree. Touchdowns. So I kind of think that they need to prove it more than the Browns need to prove that they're a better team this year, you know? Browns just got to finish games. They just got to finish them. And then Hugh Jackson just kind of crippled the team when he didn't go for it on fourth and one. I mean, he's had a, he's had a career of crippling the Browns. Yeah. I mean, geez. It's just like, like he's, I just feel like every year he's like, what can I do to just make sure we don't win again? How can I make sure to be the losingest coach. I got an idea. I'll draft Baker Mayfield first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's just trying to make all the wrong moves. (laughs) I'll pick up Jarvis Landry. That guy only catches footballs from the five-yard line. Let's let's keep bringing back the the druggie, Josh Gordon, and then once he does good, uh, cut him. (laughs) (laughs) Right away. As soon as he looks like he's on track, just drop his ass. Get him, get him for like a seventh round pick or something. I'm telling you, <laughs> I should add well, that as a category. Just, a, <laughs> just let's get a tight end who just drops the ball constantly. Just f- feed him target after target. What can we do to ensure we continue losing? <laughs> yeah, and then they just uh, they uh, draft. Chubb and they only let him run three times and he gets pissed at him for making two touchdowns and 103 <laughs> yards out of it. What the fuck are you doing out there? Imagine how mad he was when Baker Mayfield won that game for him. <laughs> He's like, I put, yeah. I put you in when we were losing so that we wouldn't win. Yeah, exactly. It's just furious. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I wonder how much better this team would be <laughs> with a different head coach. Right. It's... See next they would year, have right? to do <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe the Browns, I, it's, it comes from the top down. They want to lose. Seems like it. I mean, they just, they hate the, they hate the dog pound. <laughs> the owner bought them out of spite. Right. They tell all their fans the game started at a different time, so no one shows. Or is secretly LeBron, and he just wants Cleveland to feel bad. Oh gosh! Was that the last one? Yeah, that's that's um, the last one we got. Hating on the who Browns. else was? Who else was in that? Oh, the Dolphins were in that, right? Yeah, the Dolphins were in most improved, and the Titans were in most improved. I would say that the Dolphins have the most improved uh, defense. 
Yeah, but they Defense also they also handily won the worst team with the best record award. So I can't say that they're most yeah. improved. It's it's the they look they look like they're the most improved, but they're really not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill is just uh who we thought he was. Right. He might go to the Browns next year. <laughs> Could be. Traded straight across for Baker Mayfield. He was like, We'll we'll give you four first rounders. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me Tanny Hill. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. Okay. I'm going to have fun with the Browns this year. <laughs> um, so then I think the last thing we're doing is uh, making our pick for Thursday games. Yes, the Thursday night game. Uh, is... And I think it's in Foxborough. Yep, it's at the Patriots Stadium this Really? <laughs> Yep, the Colts will be making a trip to Foxborough. And they're going to leave with a loss. There's no way they're winning that game. Oh, right? there we go. Yeah. Okay, for a second there you cut out. And I was oh. like, where the hell did you go? Um, I think Yeah, that, there's no way. There's no way they win that game. I mean, Andrew uh, Luck's throwing it in the dirt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but he did throw for 469 yeah. yards or something. He had like a that great last game. Week. He I mean, really he's, did. His arm is is there to um that he's does he's got some shoulder issue anymore. Yep. That's the, good, but also no T. Y. Hilton this week. No Jack Doyle still. He's just got Ebron out there, and then all these other dudes. Pascal, who kind of showed out uh last week, and um, Grant Corey Grant, I think is his name the Packers I can't remember who he played for the so the Patriots have so Gronk got a little banged up but I think he'll probably still play right As, you know he they are they're always like oh he's out of practice but I mean it's Gronk it's he's Gronk. been in the he's, NFL for 45,000 years he's just shotgunning beers that's all he's doing yeah <laughs> yeah so he's uh, not in practice because he's on he's a so boat goofy. shotgunning beers have you ever seen him do like he he's been on like Nickelodeon shows and stuff? Yeah, I've seen him on those. He is goofy. He's, he's a, a goofy, goofy bastard. <laughs> so, anyways, but, uh, they have him. He's gonna play. Yep. They have another Josh another Gordon week of Josh potentially. Gordon. Yep. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. And they get Edelman back this week, right? His suspension thing's over. Is over, and he's ready to catch eighty to ninety. Uh, balls right to the face. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, even if they have all these receivers coming back, both of their running backs did amazing, yeah, against a Dolphins defense that I just said is improved this year and actually looking pretty good. And they just ran all over them. So, this is where. Uh, like I was thinking about the Patriots in particular. So the first couple weeks of the season, I mean, the Patriots were one and two and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, maybe they're starting to slip. They don't have the weapons that they used to have. Is Brady slipping? You know, is this the year they don't make it to the playoffs or whatever? And then they mm -hmm. crush the dolphins. They're two and two. They get Gronk. 
They get Josh Gordon. Edelman's coming back. And you're like, yeah, I don't know when they're going to lose again. They're right back to where they were. Exactly. Yep. Now he's got all of his weapons again. Yep. Just out of nowhere. Like, oh, they got rid of uh, Brandon Cooks, though. He was their best receiver. Why would they do that? Well, guess what? They got Josh Gordon for a penny. Right. Yep. And Brady and they're actually will... going to use him. Yeah. Brady will get the ball to him. And uh, and so now they have their crazy outside big guy threat, freaking Randy Moss type player, and now they have Edelman, their quick guy who catches passes and just somehow doesn't get tackled. Like yeah, this guy's tiny and he just people just freaking can't get a hold of him. He's good for he ten yards. Lathers himself up with play. KY. <laughs> Edelman and then KY, K KY Edelman. That's what that's what his full name is. Uh. And then Sony Michelle looked really good last week, and he can catch passes. And oh, then yeah. you have James White, who can catch passes and also runs pretty good. I mean, they just uh, is going to be out for a while, and so it's just going to be these two. But I think that's good because I don't. I kept hearing from everybody something special for these like last three years, and you know what? He's just an injury-prone guy. I think. Yep. I agree. Which sucks because there's a lot of guys out there that are injury prone but very good, like Tyler Eifert. Oh, oh, gruesome. <laughs> Nasty. That was gross. I know. And they just laid there on the on the field for what felt like an hour waiting for people to get to him. And his foot's facing the wrong way. And then they come up to him <laughs> and they're, they're like leaning over his face like, are you all right? Are you okay? Are you Are you doing good? And I'm like... Look at his foot. Yeah, you're looking at the wrong spot. This wasn't a concussion, fella. Right. <laughs> like, are you okay? You get a concussion? Why are you putting your foot like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, looks like your shoe <laughs> fell off. Oh, wait. Let me your get that for you. Your foot's pointed the wrong direction. <laughs> oh, man. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, who else had a – I think my Seahawks. Yeah, Earl Thomas. And Will Will Disley. Oh, Yeah. He had a he had, had a pretty bad injury. Yeah, he had a uh I can't remember if it was a torn patella or a dislocated patella. Yeah, not good. And then Earl Either Thomas way. broke his leg. <laughs> leg. Clean break this time at least. So it's just that's so it's just crazy. Damage. That's a lot yeah, of big non contact. Yeah, non contact break. And he was going to uh break up a pass that ended up as a touchdown. So that uh been as close as it was, but yeah, we uh, we get a touchdown and an injured superstar at the same time. That's how good we are. You you barely won. You did win though. Yeah, and I mean, Seabass missed two field goals as well. Time to retire. Trend. Yeah, seems to be a trend for uh, Seahawks kickers. Yeah. And a lot of kickers in the NFL, honestly. I can't believe we ever got rid of Hauschka. Solid. Yeah, he was pretty good. Sitting out there, and the Vikings just pick his ass up. Oh, yeah. What, Walsh, right? Or no, is that backwards? uh, So, Walsh went to the Seahawks. We cut him. But uh, they had some other dude, like Carlson or something this year. And he missed like two or three field goals or some shit. 
And it was against the Packers, I think, in that tie game. Man, you have one job. I mean, I know it sucks. You get cut. So they dropped him and went straight to Dan Bailey. Yeah, Dan Bailey is a good pickup, though. Yeah, really good pickup. I I don't believe that he had actually been out there for that long. Yeah, I don't know why uh, the Cowboys got rid of him. I mean, he's still like the third best kicker actively right now as far as uh, um, like accuracy point. Yeah. Yeah. Extra point accuracy or whatever. Yeah. I don't know why we got rid of him. I was I was sweating it when I was watching the Cowboys Lions game. I'm I didn't want to say it out loud. It comes down to the final field goal to win the game. And if he misses, we lose the game. And I'm thinking, if we miss this, why did we cut Dan Bailey? But the guy made it. So I'm like, whew, I can finally say it now. I didn't want to say it out loud. Yeah, that game was really close for you guys. I feel like that the uh, Lions defense really lost it when, and plus, I mean, the Lions offense kind of fucked up too. They gave you too much time on the clock. And then the defense just did nothing. Like, who's... Who's the best player on the team we should probably try to pay attention to? <laughs> right. uh, I don't think they have anybody. They're definitely not a really good running back who can catch the ball and already has on us. So. Right. Yeah, that catch, like, that over-the-shoulder catch going down the field. I mean, that's crazy that the running back was out there. Like, what's Zeke doing over there? It looked like a wide receiver. That's deep ball. Kind of crazy. 44 yards, I think, right? Is yeah. what he ended up with. That, that just and, felt uh, like a wide receiver, not a, a check down to a, a running back. You know, that's what you expect. Yeah, one thing that I actually did like from that game is Gallup getting a deep touchdown. Yep, I think he's going to be good if they start to utilize him more. What I said uh, in our last podcast was that they're just not doing anything. I mean, they need to be throwing down the field. Dak needs to be getting the ball down the field. Just take some shots. You don't have to always be, you know, uh, perfectly accurate or anything. You got to take the risk, though, if you're going to play like this. Yep, I agree. They took the risk, and I think Gallup, I mean, I was saying it earlier this season that I thought Gallup could be uh, a really good player for them. He just needs to step up, and Dak needs to give him the targets, you know? Yeah, hopefully we can start utilizing him more. There's definitely... uh, certain games that you should be able to, you know, there's cornerbacks out there that can be exploited. And I think, I think that game is that game we just had against the lions is going to build Dak's uh, confidence a little bit at throwing a deep ball, maybe. And he'll, they'll want to stretch it like that where maybe he was a little bit afraid to do it. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully the uh, coaching sees that, they can do that and it becomes a part of the game plan. Right. And then they kind of, because I don't know what's going on there. I'm not sure if it's Dak being hesitant or what, like, I don't know. There's really no way to know unless you're in the organization. Right. Yeah. Well, since we'll, this week, it'll be, we'll see what, how it goes. Yeah. It should be a close one. I think we'll talk about the more about the Cowboys and, all the games coming up this Sunday um, later this week, we'll be back with another episode. Um, we're trying to get the, the time that it takes these podcasts to be posted uh, sped up a little bit. So you get them closer to when we actually record them, but some of that's out of our hands. So 
we're trying to get it to you guys faster. Um, one thing we've been forgetting to mention on our previous podcasts is check the description. We have a link to our Twitter account down there. We share different things. We put up random polls. Uh, it's good to check on there. We'll post our new episodes on there. That's a good way to get a hold of us or message us or tweet to us if you have anything to say or anything at all, really. And um, the pigskin pick'em that you can compete against us on ESPN Fantasy, the link to that is also in there. Feel free to join and uh, try to compete against us. Yeah, at this point in the season, you're just trying to beat us weekly yep. because we're so far ahead. But it's going to be hard because we're doing pretty good. Yeah, I feel like we're doing really good. We're in like the 90th percentile for picks right now. 94th. It's crazy, though. So I'm in two different um, pigskin pickums. One's a spread, which I feel like the spread's easier. And I'm ranked way, way uh, higher in that one than I am in, in ours. People just don't like the spread, and that's why there's not so many people playing it. Yeah, must be it's less people do it or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, so we'll be back with another episode on Friday. I probably will not be in attendance, but Ryan and Wilson will be holding down the fort. So, yeah, do you have anything to add? No, 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 I'm good. Uh, Just see you guys uh, next, hopefully. All right. Sounds good. See you later.